It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Podcast that I'd like to remind you all that all round good guy Tony Watt scored against Barcelona on this day. I'm Graham Phyllis and I'm a Tony Watt fan. Today I'm joined by Twitter.com's Robert Bothwick. Say hello, Robert. Hello. I'm also joined by Football Andy, Andy Harrow. Say, say hello, Andy. Hello. Uh, welcome to the show, everyone. And as to today, as we manage to get the band back together, we'll mainly be doing nonsense or so for the next 40 minutes. Yes. So, yeah, really sorry about that. Um, we will start off the show quickly with uh, a round of hotties or notties, which is, as Craig Cairns keeps reminding us, the craze which is continuing to sweep the nation. <laughs> <laughs> Would someone like to start us off with a nice positive hottie? A nice positive hottie. Um, let's go for Angelo Alessio. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely delighted for the big guy. Um, Gordon Parks got that rattled right up here. So, yeah, no, it's absolutely delighted. He's, uh, he's obviously had a, a very good start to his, uh, well, a shite start, but then everything mm. since then has been great at Kilmarnock. So, uh, and he's obviously been awarded with the Manager of the Month. He uh, looked so happy in every single one of his photos, and I was really, really pleased at how happy he looked. That and Kilmarnock uh, meeting it and greeting it with Grande Alessio. <laughs> <laughs> so I really like the idea that Kilmarnock staff are currently going through very basic Italian lessons yes. just, to keep, just to keep everyone ticking over for a bit of happiness there. <laughs> uh, I've got a hottie which is Fit Bears. Uh, so let me say first of all I'm, I, I, I want to highlight and I think this is a really great thing and it's an app to get Bears fit and given what's happened with Nigel Owens this week I think there's been a lot of Bears press and this is only a good positive step for us as well <laughs> um, but I also feel that there might be some Rangers fans about to find out some bits of the internet that they didn't know were there Yes. Mm-hmm. and secondly I think club apps are a real positive going forward in that there should be more club apps so for example Fit Bears for Rangers fans to get them a little bit fitter. Right. Specifically, Rangers fans to get them a little bit fitter. Yes. Nothing else. No. Nope. Um, 
but like other clubs could have their own apps as well. So my immediate thought was uh, St Mirren, who they could have a booing app. Yep. So you boo into your microphone, it records it, and then it plays it back at a higher volume. <laughs> so you, everyone in the stadium, then you get double booing. Yep. So you get booing from your phone, you get your own booing to add to that, so then St Mirren can double up on their tactical booing. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought that as well, you could have hearts. I mean, you've tried everything else. Like you had Levine for so long. You tried McPhee, that didn't really go particularly well apart yeah. from his shoes. Um, so Hearts can just have a team voting app. Yeah. Because you've got 400 players anyway. So you can just put a picture up on the screen and be like, essentially like Hearts Tinder. Aye. So like, nope, 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 <laughs> nope, nope, <laughs> nope. Which sort of works until you realise that there's no one to pick in a Hearts Absolutely nobody. No. No. Um, I think for Hamilton Ackies you could have like a face app sort of thing but what you do is like scan the player's face that you've yeah. just signed like a QR code and it'll tell you <laughs> it'll tell you who they are because um, so often it's like Hamilton have signed so and so I'm like ah, that's, that's made up so just scan, scan their face like a QR code and it'll give you their Wikipedia yeah, page just tell you straight straight their, their, their YouTube clips from their sign and Latvia and all that kind of stuff that's like, a great you should yeah. be an app developer yeah, yeah, yeah no yeah. exactly that's it that's that's that. good. I, I was thinking you could do um with Tony Macaroni, you could uh, it could be like a kind of just eat, but purely for pasta and pizza based things that they deliver to your seat at the stadium. That's good. That'd be good. Uh, yeah. You could have macaroni while you're watching Livingston uh, play. Yeah, that's good. I couldn't possibly comment on such a, such a, no. such a thing like that. I, I do not speak less than that. Uh, Andy, what have you got for us? Uh, yeah, I, I've got uh, Stennis Muir as a football one. Um, Got them as well. Yeah, daily record. I saw Colts, so this is the photoshopping that they did, uh, superimposing. Yeah, <laughs> can I say that photoshopping is definitely pushing that for what that was? Uh, yes. <laughs> That's a Microsoft paint off effort straight off. You know, I, the daily record called it dodgy. I thought it was all right, but this is maybe somebody who doesn't use Photoshop at all. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was actually all right. It was. It was um, good until you remember the geography of Oakview, which yeah. point it very quickly. Well, that's the thing. I've never been to Oakleview, so for me, I couldn't really tell the I couldn't really tell the difference, especially with it. Like, I mean, apparently, uh, I'm, I'm led to believe on good authority that actually where that angle is coming from is just like a container. <laughs> <laughs> it's just full of like lawnmowers and all that kind of stuff. I mean, um, yes, yeah, it is a kind of weird angle for it if it was where it, where it was. I mean, you've uh, the one at Air's great. Like, we we did yeah, that one here, obviously, yeah, yeah. two years ago. And this, I see being able to watch the game without being buffeted by the wind. Yeah. It still gets pressure in the wind. Uh, so good. Like, I would be well up for this fake Stenhouse. If they just knock a hole into yeah. that container. <laughs> <laughs> put, put a bit of plastic. I, I would say though, that's poor for Man U. I, would, I mean, for Stenhouse Muir, that looks... I thought that was really good. Absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. But for Man U, that's, I think, say that's poor. I think the chairs look really uncomfortable. Um, I Matt, thought it was really good that they were advertising a, a table for six with a table for eight. <laughs> I thought that was a really underrated part of that as well. <laughs> um, that kind of leads me on to a naughty, which is a Falkirk Football Club, um, who tried to copy them and then like, did a wee joke about it um, and all that kind of stuff. And they, they, I mean, it was quite, it was quite funny because it still had like the Man City badge in the corner and stuff like that. It's yes. like, oh, that's fair enough. And then out of nowhere, uh, Stenhouse Muir just came and absolutely slaughtered them again. Because <laughs> Stenhouse Muir have now deleted that tweet, but they kind of rose from the dead to just stick a knife into Falkirk <laughs> after they'd done it. I would say. Um, <laughs> Football clubs, and it's not so bad here, it feels more like just two actual normal people having yeah. a sort of conversation, but like 
football club social media accounts sort of replying to each other with yeah. banter is some of the worst stuff. Well, I, I yeah, I wanted to chuck my head through my computer screen when I saw Hearts and Hibs doing it once. Um, um, that's just not on. Anyone where they've got an actual kind of proper social media department where people get paid to do it, it's terrible. If it's like Dennis <laughs> Muir, the guy doing it, he's definitely just got an alternate account with his well, normal he's account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's funny. just finished his tea. He's just seen that yeah. and been like, I'm not fucking having that. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like the it's like the, the guy that did the Elbin Rover stuff or whatever. Like, that's fine. That's absolutely what you want from my social media account for you. Hundred percent. I've got a naughty, which is that uh, folk claiming Celtic fans deserve a doing. Yeah. Um, I don't really know what else to say other than they told a fan base that were Robin Sullivan through Glasgow City Centre to fuck off. And I have no idea why this has been deemed unacceptable behaviour. But it's uh, utterly astounding on Twitter today. Yeah. Uh, with folks saying, "Oh, they brought on themselves." Blah blah blah. Shut up. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, I don't care for you. No, no. no. It's, uh, that's very much a naughty. I just put in Lazio as a naughty. <laughs> which, I mean, to be honest with you, that's kind of evergreen. We could have that every single week, Lazio as a naughty. Um, just, just for the end yeah, of the Lazio. Yeah, just, yeah, put them in just without. We don't need to say anything about it. No, exactly. It's just it's constantly there. Mm-hmm. I've got one more hottie, which is Jack Ross, who is possibly the most in demand man in Scotland, in that he'll fix his problems of having a squad that's labelled with low league English players that, and no one that can win a football he'll fix Hearts' problems um, which is having no fit no fit footballers no width and no pace and he'll fix Aberdeen problems which are not accepting £5 million for Scott McKenna so he must be some man because he can just do all of these things he's all things to all men at this point in time so whoever needs a job Jack Ross is your man Fair enough, yeah, Fair I've, enough. I've got one more hottie which is uh, a bit of a worthy one but I might not get the chance to do this before I finish the, the, working on the show, but basically most of the people in Scottish football yeah. are dead nice. Like, if like we've had to deal obviously with quite a lot of clubs to get stuff done and do features and get whatever else, and pretty much to a person that we spoke to, everyone's been dead nice. There's some, there's some that we haven't necessarily had much involvement with for uh, for what you could probably guess obvious reasons, but on the whole. <laughs> Uh, every, everyone, everyone I've ever spoken to has been uh, totally nice and totally up for doing stuff uh, and all the people involved have been cracking so there's loads of nice people in Scottish football that uh, yeah uh, it's been good to work Scottish with. football just absolutely full of hotties yes. <laughs> that's, that's what I like to hear I've got, I've got one more hottie which is Kay Burley um, <laughs> for absolutely filleting James Cleverley of the Conservative Unionist Party so that was that was just one I wanted to get off my mind. I mean, yes. I, I dislike Kay Burley quite a lot, but she she really redeemed herself there. She no longer has sadness in her eyes. So that's got to be a real positive. <laughs> now moving on from hotties and noughties. Oh, uh, I had, sorry, I had one naughty. Sorry, go on, sorry, go on. That Scotland kit, I didn't like that. Leaked one. I don't no, know if it's not video. I didn't uh, like it. It's it, it, pretty gross. It looks like uh, it looks like the aftermath of a broken printer. Um, it's, kind of, it's got those like the no wet marks yeah, 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 yeah. too much ink is yeah. coming out the roll at one stage um, I don't get and the, what's the thing with the red bit in the arms that, that, the that's a very big Adidas thing with these new kits yeah, I think they've it. got a bold colour on the sleeve yeah, uh, as the cuff so yeah I mean maybe it'll be better in person um, yeah. just every single promo shot just gets Stuart Armstrong in that kit uh, um, well, the thing is I mean, if you put it on John McGinn those squinty lines are just going to look normal anyway so it'll <laughs> <laughs> be absolutely fine <laughs> Um, moving on from hotties or noughties, uh what we're going to do is we're going to have a quick run through, well, maybe even a slightly longer run through the McBurney Index. Yes. Where we look at the value of all of McBurney and then try and fit players on that scale, depending on whether we think they're good, bad, or indifferent. So, who would like to start us off with a player for the McBurney Index? Uh, I'll go for one. Uh, 
I've got a couple. My first one is Lewis Ferguson, Aberdeen. And now, how much was McBurney going for? What was it? <coughs> 20. 20, right. So, so I'm saying Lewis Ferguson's the same amount. So I'm, I'm saying he is uh, Aberdeen's most valued player at the moment. So forget Scott McKenna, forget Sam Cosgrove. Lewis Ferguson, over the last couple of weeks, has been excellent. So obviously, he kind of made his, it was, last season was really his kind of breakthrough season. He was terrific the whole way through. Started a wee bit slower this season. It wasn't quite as impressive at the start, but the last couple of weeks he's kind of come back into his own. Uh, Aberdeen obviously had a lot of midfield troubles over the last few weeks, and they had to kind of do that weird midfield when they had two fullbacks, two fullbacks playing. <laughs> Which in absolutely there. fucking shagged mother. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, got Ferguson back. Uh, played against Hamilton. Was very good. Scored the winning goal, and then was excellent again against Kilmarnock at the weekend. He set up. Curtis Main for uh, his goal and then had that really great run into the box uh, just towards the in, in the second half he kind of managed to be with three people in the course of the byline yeah. and then the shot was a bit wild but I for me he is he's the player with the sort of highest ceiling I think mm-hmm. uh, of Aberdeen's players I think McKenna is obviously good but I'm not convinced the ceiling's a great deal higher than it currently M- is McKenna's in a very difficult position because he's either going to go and be something very good or he's going to be Xander Diamond yeah. and he's, he's really at that crossroads point yeah, yeah I, I think Scott McKenna's at a point now where he kind of has to get out um, he, he, he voiced his opinions obviously yeah. um, behind closed doors and in inverted commas that he did want away um Earlier on, so like yeah, having, I, having I, his agent say that he submitted a transfer request, I, yeah, behind closed doors, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, that kind of shows you he, he wants yeah. to get away. I think he'll thrive if he does go down south to Celtic or whoever it is. But I, I yeah. totally, I really, really like Lewis Ferguson. I think the best thing that I've seen from Ferguson in terms of progression this year was in the Betfred Cup game against Hearts, and he was basically put on as a man marker to Machino mm-hmm. and completely took him out of the game. And it showed a like a level of discipline that I hadn't yeah. seen from his game before in a sort of defensive way. Um, he crunches into tackles when he has to he can be a wee bit naughty sometimes yeah. but in terms of his actual football and ability I mean you just see it for that cross from means goal it was absolutely superb I think it's so important in terms of a, as a midfielder who's kind of always looking forwards yeah. so obviously he can work defensively and as you say he's, he's kind of showing some of those attributes but the fact that he's kind of constantly looking forward he's kind of picking a ball from the centre halves looking to move the ball forward either kind of cross field balls or in um, to other midfielders is such a important thing especially when you've got maybe only one striker that you're playing up with you need somebody linking it and he's he's very good at linking play um, mm. and he's also surprisingly good in the box from kind of set pieces and things he's not you would think he's an especially good head of the ball but you saw even at that Hamilton goal he's just really smart at finding a bit of space um, or uh, falling up for instance and kind of rebounds he's got a few goals from yeah. just falling in in chances so or just it, or just diving in and scoring overhead kicks yeah, or exactly. other various funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so he's I think he's, he's uh, looking back to his best, and I think Aberdeen. You can we can maybe be hopeful that we'll get that from from now till the end of the season. I also I've watched a lot of Scotland under twenty ones, and every time I see him and Alan Campbell playing together, I just get really really happy about Aye. it. It's just the two of them absolutely taking teams to pieces. Yeah. There was things that like under twenties were playing Mexico in the summer. There was like Scotland under twenties against Mexico's under twenty ones for reasons I wasn't entirely clear on, <laughs> but it was over the summer. And there was a stream of it, so I had it on. And you could see the Mexican midfielders after a while just sort of looking around going, what the fuck do we do with these two? Because they were just getting hounded. Boys trying to take the ball out of defence and Ferguson and Campbell are just hounding them back to the goalkeeper every single time. 
it was really entertaining and really yeah, satisfying. Many minutes of that would be exhausting if you didn't know. Yeah, absolutely no, no from me. Robert, who have you got? Um, I'm going to go for uh, Mohamed El Yunusi, Celtics. Uh, he gets it. He gets it. <laughs> the, signed, the latest to get it. He's signed and he gets it. Oh, he, he was sitting down celebrating that goal in the Betfred Cup semi That was great, wasn't it? Does my head in. Anyway, he's very good. Um, I, I think I'm not. I mean, in terms of actual price on the McBurney index, twice the player. <laughs> I'm going to say forty million pounds from Hamilton. <laughs> but I think that you know that's kind of relevant. A lot of Celtic fans are are saying that they may not be able to afford him uh, come the end of the season. Obviously, he's, he's out of favourite Southampton. Mm. He is only on loan, so it'll be interesting to see if they sort of break the bank for him. But if you look at his contribution so far in ten games, he's got seven goals and five assists. I mean, that's a contribution to a goal every sixty-five minutes that he's been on the pitch. Um, I think he's just added another dimension to that Celtic attack. He plays predominantly off the left, but he can play on the right as well. He's scored goals from both sides, um, can play behind the striker, and he just is an absolute tormentor. I think he's great. He gets stuck in as well. You know, I, thought was, I thought his goal was really notable as well, that it was a big, powerful header as well. Just put, it was one of those ones that was in slow motion, looked amazing, because it kind of went from his toes through the back of his legs and then a proper launch yeah. forward into it as well. Yeah, I, I think that... You know, with him, he's, he's kind of the, the more modern wide player and that he's a bit of a physical specimen as well. He's not just this sort of tricky guy that will run in between. He's got a bit of bulk about him, like you said, with that header, showing another way that he can score goals. I think, you know, at Southampton, it's easy to see why he would have been completely heads down. But this move to Celtic has suited both parties so, so much. Um, he's playing again tonight. Obviously, we, we don't know exactly what's happening there. So I'll just... I'll record both. Great goal that he scored. <laughs> Shame that he got injured. Um, so I mean, you, you've got those two to, to work with there. But I just think that you know, with the player behind him, be that um, Bolingoli or, or whoever at left back, the players inside him, be it McGregor or Brown, the players in front of him, be it you know Forrest or Edward, he's linking with all of them as well, and he's he's become quite an important part of that team. So is he is he more or? It's interesting the comparison as well because obviously Celtic brought in Sinclair two or three years ago yep. and then his first season was sensational. Last year was still scored hundreds of goals despite everyone saying he had a really terrible season Yeah, and this season is completely out of the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, does El Unice take up that mantle for the, the rest of the season with whoever the left-back is behind him? Well, I, th- I think that the, the way that the Celtic fans have taken to him, certainly. Uh, when Sinclair first came, obviously he got off to an amazing start, yeah. scoring in his first however many games, um, you know, probably... Even, even just his debut when he came yeah, against yeah. Hearts in that moment. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they, they properly took him to heart because he was coming in and he was this sort of pacey, exciting... He got it. He got it. <laughs> Pacey, exciting player. And I think that he was... Scott Sinclair kind of ended up being a victim of his own success at Celtic because although he was still scoring loads of goals, he maybe wasn't putting in performances that are quite as convincing in the season or two after. You never know if if Elianusi stays at Celtic for the next couple of years. That could very well happen to him as well. But I think for the time being, you know, Celtic fans are harking back to when Sinclair first came and saying, right, this is now the guy playing down the left. Doesn't matter who's behind him, really. Um, he He can sort of... Although I think I think it helps that they look a wee bit more steady at left back. I think when when he came in, it was still around about that period where Bolingoli was. No one knew what Bolingoli was. Ah, yeah, <laughs> he looked a bit more bomb scared. Yeah, um, so Tierney left. Bolingoli looks a lot more comfortable now. Um, they've obviously Johnny Hayes is pretty dependable, and then they've got Greg Taylor for a like he'll probably play out once every seven games or something. Oh, like every kind yeah, of yeah. fixture that they've got. <laughs> but so I guess that that'll help him in a way that he can focus on. Is attacking rather than if Bolingoli was still a nightmare and they hadn't really resolved yeah. the issue that he might have to worry about tracking back and doing a bit more of that than he needs to. And now, as you kind of saw at the weekend again, it's not really an issue. It's not an issue. Yeah. yeah. 
Excellent. Well, I'll take mine, and we've had two really positive ones, so I'll round it off by being really, really fucking negative. Yes. Excellent. So I've got Stevie Mallon, who I don't. Am I allowed to say bag of balls? <laughs> we <laughs> have. So I, I would say Wes. Wes. Um, I just, I just, I saw this feature on some other thing, and I didn't want to rip it off. So yeah. I wanted to make sure that using the phrase "bag of balls" was an entirely fair one on it. I was searching for him under kicker in my fantasy NFL the other day. He's an absolute special teams. <laughs> yeah. Giving the ball forty yards out and don't close him down. Sure, you can do something about. Well. I spent a bit of time today having a look through some stats about this and 1819 to 1920, Stephen Mallon was Hibs Player of the Year yep. last year, um, despite infuriating the fan base enormously, basically from the moment he started kicking a ball with them. I remember doing a podcast right at the start of last season and we were all looking at him going, but he's scored six, he's scored five or six mm-hmm. goals and he's, he's brilliant, how can, how can anyone not really take to him? And then progressively over the, the following sort of 12 months, we've all seen that's why people haven't really yeah. taken to yeah, it. Yeah, once you see him in 90 minutes, you can realise that it's... <laughs> yeah. yeah. And again, that was kind of rounded off by his performance on Saturday in the Betfred Cup semi-final against Celtic. And understandably, Hibs did not have a good game. Hibs have subsequently emptied their manager. There's a whole lot of other things going on there. And I thought as bad a game as, for example, Tom James mm-hmm. had at Hibernian, I thought Marlon was absolutely shocking throughout the game. His inability to either play wide or play inside whether he'd been told to or stationed out wide with the, the the job to drift inside he offered James no support throughout the entirety of, of the 90 minutes yes James had a, James had a tough game and wasn't particularly good but he had no support uh, with two left-sided Celtic players piling up on top of him and again this is kind of reflected in his, his stats from this year to last year not only his own but how he, he sort of compares to other players you look at him last year he, by this point, had seven goals. Uh, this year he's got two. Um, and looking at more, less on his less on the creative side of the game, or sorry, looking at both of them, really. So on the creative side of the game, this year he has 2.6 shots per game, which is less than last year. They're slightly more on target. He had more shots outside the box last year than any other player, possibly unsurprising, with 72. I thought you were going to say possibly on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, like, that sounds remarkable, right? He's had 72 shots from outside the box, but maybe there's other players along those lines. Would you like to guess how many the next player below that had? Uh, Elbak too, he wasn't in the, was no, in the league last year, was he? Um, 34 less was the next player. All right. Fucking hell. Who was that? I can't remember. <laughs> 34 less. And this year he's had uh, 26 shots from outside the box. was nine more than Liam Polworth. Right. Um, so he's well on his way to creating that statistic again. He, you can see why. Yes. You can see why. You can see why. He doesn't really create an awful lot. That is not great with his assists. And for someone who takes quite a number of hip set pieces as well, not terrific. Um, on top of that as well, defensively, on the defensive side of the game, he really desperately lets people down, which you see when he plays... But then when you look at the numbers that are involved in that, is, is kind of remarkable. So he's successful in 42% of his defensive duels. So you would say Joe Chalmers is a reasonably... 62, 62% for Joe Chalmers, 62% for Keegan Jacobs, players who are probably on significantly less money mm-hmm. and play vaguely similar roles within that as well. It was much the same last year. Um, he was slightly better, but it was on the same sort of level as sort of Ollie Lee. Um, in terms of interceptions, so last year he had 3.7 per match compared to Alec Gordon who had 9.7 per match, which is again, <laughs> but again, in, on that scale, you Liam Craig in the middle on seven. And this year, 1.82 per match, which is nothing. Dre Wright has double that. Yeah. 
for I, much. I mean, Sean did a, a race patron. Sorry, sorry for going very stats. The numbers that were involved in it, just I would, like the, how little he has contributed yeah, yeah. In, yeah. in the Hibs midfield. Well, uh, was, me and Sean did a um, Rovers patron on Friday, and I can't remember who uh, Sean used this about, but he called somebody P-hearted, and that's kind of what Malin is from, from a defensive point yeah, of view. Yeah. Um, clipped up some stuff this week, so we might be duplicating what might be on the show on Friday slightly, but he basically ducks out of challenges. He, there's so many kind of 50-50s where he takes a step back and he doesn't yeah. go fully into it. And, you know, that's fine if you are creating lots of chances if you're scoring goals. But that's, you Scott, Allen, but that's Scott Allen. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. not uh, Malin's job in that Hibs team. He, he is in there to help break things up as well as we are. There was a number of times on Saturday as well that the ball came out to Tom James at right, black, right back. And again... Even if you're a creative player, you've got to go and offer him either inside or outside. Yeah. Malin just stood next to a Celtic player, and yeah. it's it's difficult and it's a hard to it feels shy to be so negative about somebody. But as well, they're really not offering anything to that Hibs yeah. midfield, and the Hibs midfield, the the problems within it are sort of well documented, and that there's nobody that will win a fucking tackle. Yeah. So everyone has to do a little bit. If nobody's going to be, I'm going to be. I'm not going to be Marvin Bartley in this team. Everyone has to contribute a little bit to it. So Marlon has to do it, Vela has to do it, and Marlon's just not do it. If you're going to have Alan in there as well, who's doing more than that, yeah, yeah. you can't you can't be a passenger in there just now because they need somebody. Whoever comes into the house midfield has a huge job to do, and a big part of that is motivating players like Stevie Marlon to actually contribute just something to the defensive side of the game. I think I think you know, while a lot of this can be put at Marlon's doorstep, and rightly so. Um, he's completely ineffective. I mean, all yeah. those numbers you just said, but he and Scott Allen, to an extent, are victims of Hibs' recruitment process, which didn't get them a yeah. defensive midfielder. Yeah. You look at when Scott Allen was at his best at Hibs, for example, you've got John McGinn in there. He can break the play up, he can then play the passes. When Malin was at his best at St Mirren, he had Stephen McGinn behind him. I just need to sign him again, basically, <laughs> is what I'm saying. But, you know, when. There when, must be another one coming along <laughs> shortly, you would imagine. When, when Malin was at his very best, he, he did have Stephen McGinn behind him. Yeah. And he had, I mean, he had him clearing all, it out. He got all my own going there that Yeah, yeah and I think that covered a lot of cracks in yeah, Malin's game, especially. Yeah, yeah, I, I think yeah. that, you know, the. I can't believe they didn't sign a defensive midfielder, but that is mm. what they are suffering from yeah. just now. And you can tell a lot of the time with Malin's movement is down to a lack of confidence as much as yeah. anything because he has, in the past, a couple of years ago now, but he has got involved in games. Yeah. When you saw him at St Mirren, he was getting yeah. involved in games, he was making interceptions, and I think he had the confidence of an actual defensive midfielder beside him that allowed him to do that. So I think that he's not a lost cause yeah. by any well, stretch of the imagination I, I, I but agree with you on Hibs that. need to decide if they're going to build a team around about him because I think that's what he needs that's what St Mirren did that's what they failed to do at Barnsley and that's what Hibs are currently failing to do Yeah, and uh, in addition to that the whole Mallon's whole season has been very very odd given that Heckenbottom seemed determined to empty him mm-hmm. like he did at Barnsley Yeah, and then as soon, as soon as he couldn't Empty him, played him in every single every game. Single it game. was like a like a reverse grudge on him or something. <laughs> and like I say, I, I do I fully agree with you. There's absolutely a football there, whether that's at Hibs or whether that's at someone else. Yeah. But there needs to be a change in the midfield at Hibs, yeah. and whether it's a case of until January, everyone pitches in and everyone digs in and says, "Look, you know what? All of us need to contribute more here." Fine, but somebody's got to take responsibility. I, can, I kind of feel like you could get away. Certainly, then that happens. I feel that you could get away with one of Malin or Allen. You can't get away with both. Yeah, uh, it feels like Malin. Maybe if he went to a team, 
that did have a bit more defensive cover, he could be the kind of the Scott Allen figure almost yeah. in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a wee bit more advanced and able to shoot from 40 yards as many times as he likes without any danger that it's going to come back and bite them in the arse. But can I have a really quick one? I don't know if yeah, yeah, no, can on, can a second Go a second one. Uh, this is a bold shout, but I'm, I'm saying Brian Graham for half a million. Oof. Uh, which... Is more is quite a lot for Brian Graham. I'm fully on board with this, yeah, by the yeah, way, because I think yeah. Brian Graham's massively underrated. Yeah, so I, I'm going to say uh, my bold shout to him is that he could be the difference in the relegation battle. So, no one at St Johnson or St Mirren has scored more goals than Brian Graham in the league this season. Only Scott Allen has scored more at Hibs, uh, and only George Oakley. Or sorry, Scott Allen's got the same as him, uh, three goals, and George Oakley's the only one at Hamilton who's scored more than him. So, if all those teams at the the bottom and I never actually checked Hearts but he will have scored sure more than any Hearts players combined uh, no uh, no one not many people have scored more than Brian Graham and the thing with Brian Graham is he only comes on for about 25 minutes at the end of matches Yeah, uh, he's made a, a big difference in three games uh, two draws uh, and a win uh, and all his goals this season actually have kind of come in from him drifting in on the left getting a bit of space and curling in a shot from the from the left edge of the box uh, into the back of the net, uh, which is different to the goals he was kind of scoring in the championship last season. He's got a lot of headers, a lot of kind of standard penalty box type goals. Yeah. So he's he's been able to, he's been really smart and he is a smart striker. He's a kind of a bit more experienced guy. Uh, he's able to find a bit of space. He does have a good touch. Like he he, he is a decent footballer. He's been a f- good footballer. Throughout his career, it's not been the case that he's just been a guy yeah, who just yeah, yeah. plants in twenty headers a season. Um, and I think he does make a difference. Obviously, um, Ross Stewart's been a kind of real bright spot for Ross County this season. Um, Billy McKay less so, uh, and he's got more goals than Billy McKay's got in yeah. the league. He isn't somebody that you, you're going to have every week playing. Uh, he's not going to be a regular starter. He might he'll get the odd game when he starts maybe at home. But I think having somebody like that on the bench, there's not that many teams in there. I've got somebody they can rely on to come mm-hmm. off the bench. And even if he's not scoring, it caused the kind of problems that Brian Graham can do. And yeah, I, I think he is pretty underrated in that relegation battle. He's essentially what Stephen McLean should be at Hearts, yeah, but he's exactly. not because he's playing yeah, week yeah. in, week out. Yeah, and again, more yeah. than anything else, he's got value at Ross County because he doesn't play for Aki's and he doesn't, yeah. and he doesn't <laughs> play for St. John. Yeah. If he was at any of those teams then that would be a worry for, St. Mm-hmm. for, for Ross County but the fact that they've got him might be the difference between yeah. staying up and going down. Yeah. yeah. Rob, are you going anymore? No. <laughs> I, I was just going to slag off Jamie Brandon but I kind of feel, I, I feel Jamie Brandon's worth nothing. Right. <laughs> so, well, I mean, this is what we're all here for in, for in any case. Um, and as is tradition, as we're all together, we'll round off the show with a series of doing of solids. Yes. <laughs> so we've got a whole series of these. Thank you to everyone who contributed. I'm really sorry if I've missed any of them out. We will get back to them at another date. Uh, except yours, Fraser, which is absolutely horrifying, and I will not answer that. Um, so we'll start off with one submitted by Craig Cairns. Uh, Scottish football's in the dock. After years of deplorable incidents, a failing national team, and going nowhere in Europe on the domestic front, an inquiry is called into Scottish football. Who would you send along to best represent the game? <laughs> I don't think I've got that one. No, I don't have that one. Well, I will dive straight in with an answer. I will dive straight in with an answer. It's the one we've all been waiting for. <laughs> oh, no. If there's 
Actually, why I call them Scottish football? Who do you, who will you use to dig us out of a hole? And what I've gone for is the loyal that got Abu Kuasi his exceptional talent. Because I reckon if he can get yeah. that, he can get us anything at all. Yeah. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> what do you have? Yeah, no, no, no. We'll move on. We'll move on. I thought I thought it's entirely on me. Um, so from Cameron Ritchie, we've got you have a demon like in his dark materials. Uh, a hit show on the BBC, but instead of an animal, it's a footballer, past or present, that's played in or for Sco- in or for Scotland. Who do you want to have as your demon, the other half of your soul that follows you around every day and keeps you on the straight and narrow? Uh, well, I, I've got a couple of potential options I'd go for. Um, I, one of them is Danny Denham. Like he seems like. <laughs> Uh, all round good guy and uh, as he plays football I'd be happy with that as a, a kind of demon is it demon or demon or demon demon yeah but I think I'm going to go with Tony Watt because he likes films yeah and he doesn't like the Tory party and that's <laughs> enough for me like, I don't know anything else about Tony Watt really yeah. apart from that he also can play football that's enough for me uh, I've gone for Lewis Vaughan just because he's constantly injured just like me and we can keep <laughs> each other company <laughs> Uh, I went for uh, Alan Campbell, um, just for the energy more than anything else. Like any any yeah. type of the day that you you are feeling that you are struggling a little bit, then we are appears just on your shoulders. Like, all right, let's yeah. let's go. Let's be better. At, <laughs> let's be better at everything that we do. Like, <laughs> do you know what, Al? That sounds brilliant. Let's go and be better at all the things we can possibly do. A supplemental, which is a spoiler for anyone that's not that's not read the books and is watching the TV show just now. At some point, you, they'll need to fight a polar bear. So which one of I'm going to back I'm going to back Alan Campbell to fight a polar bear mm. and win not the first time right he'll be battered by the polar bear the first time but then six months later comes back as a trained polar bear fighter and is now the, the premier polar bear fighter in the country. Mm. Well, I've got Lewis Vaughan he can, he's really good at just playing dead uh, <laughs> just uh, lying. And, and Tony Watts dealt with uh, Tommy Wright for a number of months <laughs> so like I, I think any of them would be able to do it. Yes. Uh, it's the run up to Christmas and the local panto cast has been completely wiped out by norovirus. Who from the SPFL <laughs> should the director turn to? Right. Hey. Do you want me to list my names? <laughs> yes, please. I've not, yeah, got, I've not got them roles. I've not got them roles. I thought you'd gone full roles. Nah, yeah, okay. roles. We can maybe talk about them. Owen Coyle, Peter Heatherston, Craig McEwen, Steve Hamilton, Andy Smith, John Martin, John McVeigh. Sorry, I keep banging this. It's the a shot at glory cast in the panto they've all done it before so I'm thinking if, if you're going to do it at the last minute you want people who know what they're doing they know where to stand they know their marks they yeah. know how to read a line yeah. you want guys that have got experience and no one says experience like John Martin who had like two lines in a shot at glory like, yeah. that's what you want uh, I've also got Chris Boyd as a narrator uh, I thought he was so good with that bed or whatever was that Mattresses Mattresses I don't think they have a narrator in the do they have a narrator in the nativity play in the panto um, in the, or the panto they probably do yeah. 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 do you know what this it's one does this, this one, one does. we can do whatever yeah, we like I was thinking it was the nativity play but aye it's, it's I know this, this, this one does and this is uh, surely we've got Owen Coyle as well because he's got the cheeks for it so nice big pink cheeks on there as well yeah Robert Um Bear with me here. <laughs> so Cinderella is what I've gone for, right? Uh, and uh, the sort of the, the main character of Cinderella is David Turnbull, yeah. Um, and the evil stepmother is his knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
tormenting him and stopping him from progressing. Um, and then I've kind of gone for just you know a, a general mishmash of, of other Scottish football personalities for the cast. So the ugly mm. sisters, for example, are Xander Diamond and Kevin Kyle. <laughs> um, Craig Barr is Prince Charming, of course, and uh, Fairy Godmother is Peter Harron. <laughs> Because he's got the hair for it. He's got the hair for it, but also he just makes everything better when he's there. Um, so yeah, that's that's I my can, cast. I can completely see Craig Barris Prince Charming. Like, I, yeah. I actually like think the, 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 I can picture the, the white the white and gold suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hundred. He'll, like, he'll look like um, from Shrek, Prince Charming, and Shrek. Yes. I mean, it's slightly. I know his locks are slightly different, but yeah. basically the same. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, you guys have put together a cast, so obviously we need a director for this. Mm-hmm. So I've gone for Jack Ross because apparently he could do fucking everything, <laughs> do fucking everything else. You might as well just direct some fucking yeah, panel. Going well full circle, big fan of that. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Um, so that was so that was from Colin. That also thank you, Colin. Thanks, Colin. From Cunning Colin, Morgaro Gomez, Ballon d'Or. Uh, you're asked to appear on a revived game show, Supermarket Sweep. Which SPFL footballer are you choosing as your partner on Supermarket Sweep? Jeremy Frimpong. <laughs> Fuck, that's a great yeah, show. Because not only will he just be rapid going around getting everything, he'll just absolutely love being there. Like He will be so time. excited. Yeah. He will have the best time and he'll be really good company yeah. as well as just being absolutely shit hot. I, I reckon he'd be amazing. That's absolutely fucking... That's a tremendous mm, show. Thank you. Uh, I went for Liam Polworth. Right. On the basis that... In Supermarket Street, there's a lot of chaos. There is. There's a lot of things mm-hmm. going on. There's a lot of people shouting and there's things flying everywhere. You need someone with a cool head that can pick out the right things to do. And that's Liam Polworth. Liam Polworth, to a T. So I'm picking Liam Polworth. Cool. Nice. I've got uh, two different strategies. <laughs> One of them, I, I, I picked, I went for an old school person. I went for Didi Agath. Basically, I want somebody really fast. Delta. With no control, particularly about what he's doing or where he's going, so like the tins of beans will be going everywhere. Like it'll be, it'll be chaos, but it'll be so fast. He was going to get a bunch of stuff in that trolley. Yeah. And the other one's Machino because he's going to be like so nimble. He's not going to touch. The, you know, there's not going to be a tin of beans out of the place, and he'll make sure he gets everything in there. So I'm like two completely different strategies. No, no, I'm a big fan of that. I yeah. think that would work very well. And I don't know if you can change between rounds. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I don't yeah. remember. I'll be clear. I do not remember supermarkets. Uh, Nah. nah. One, one of these is answering questions, the other one's stealing food. Right, okay. Is that, is that it was always just... the same person answering questions. Was, surely not. Imagine no. you were like, went to supermarket suite and one of you had to answer all the questions <laughs> and the other one did all the, all the fun, fun stuff. stuff yeah. Aye, that'd be rubbish. Waste of yeah. everybody's time. Imagine yeah. I got it wrong and Jeremy Fingpong was answering the questions. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no. You, you and your legs. Jeremy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> fucked it. Rob's finally the guy that makes Jeremy Fingpong furious. <laughs> <laughs> just, Abs- cut, just cuts the meme on the aisles and just hold him at ankle. Just like, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Lewis Vaughn's with me yeah. absolutely fizzing uh, by the whole thing um, we have a, a question from pro podcaster Derek Connor um, you need help figuring out who's leaking stories about you to the press but Colleen Rooney's unavailable which Scottish football personality do you call upon Ian Cathro absolute Facebook botherer he will <laughs> no, still, still poking folk you <laughs> he still pokes folk on Facebook 100% um, aye I reckon he's got about 50 burner accounts I reckon <laughs> honestly, I'd, honestly I, I just see it he's got the look yeah. I, re- I reckon he's dug folk out before uh, please don't go back and listen to the podcast where we talk about Ian Cathro Andy um, I'm going for Kenny Miller because he'll know 
Like, you know... Because he is the mole. Yes. Right, so, if, any, if, if, anyone, if anyone's going to know how to it's, find out what a mole's doing... He's like Matt Damon in The Department. Yeah. <laughs> Searching for himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I actually went for... I went a completely different way. I went for Steve Lawson. Um, on the basis that what I need in order to catch anybody is first and foremost compelling content. Mm, that's yeah. <laughs> compelling content to, to start off with. And with the greatest respect to Kenny Miller, I cannot imagine his content on Instagram is, is, no. is enthralling. Yeah. Just him playing Fortnite over mm. and over again. Yeah. Um, so what I need is Steve Lawson creating enthralling content and then I can just filter through the friends list one another and then let know, let know who's mm. letting, snip, letting slip. Um, I have one more, all right? Which I don't think we've prepped, so I'll dive in and give you an answer, alright? But from, from Sean Elderbrandt, we've got Vinnie Mack appoints his team captain for the upcoming WWE Survivor Series pay per view. Which four SPFL stars, past or present, would you recruit to fight your corner in a 5v5 elimination match? Well, can we, we do it as a. Have you got four? I've got four, so we worked through it though, so I went for. I tell my logic, so I went for Peter Hartley, because he's fucking mental. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Alfredo Morelos because he's snide as fuck yeah. I, I meant to. Ryan Christie because no matter how much people <laughs> use the phrase he's not that sort of player it doesn't make it true Yeah, Ryan Christie is as snide as any footballer in the Scottish Premiership and I do I, I, in no way I mean that's a critical <coughs> thing I put that as part of the fact that I think he's the, just about the best player in the league Yeah, and a big part of that is the fact is he's a, he's a fucking dick as well it's really underrated if you watching back and paying attention an awful lot more he is dropping in slide digs he's absolutely brilliant and then my final shout is uh, Killian Sheridan uh huh hair yeah we just need the hair we need a wrestler with big long luscious hair to flip around the place so Killian Sheridan would be my my, my fourth shout in there I would just have I'd put Killian Sheridan in any team Mm. I absolutely adore the guy yes so I don't watch WWE because I'm not a 14 year old but um, that sounds convincing to me (laughs) <laughs> right okay I think that rounds us off with uh, our, our solids that have been done for all I hope you guys have all really enjoyed it uh, the TV show which is inspired by this podcast will be back on Friday night on BBC Scotland at 10.30 uh, or 10.25 or 10.25 10.30ish I think is the best way to put it tune in at 10.25 uh, flick the channel if uh, Jenny Godley's on and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and go back in at 10.30 if, if, if that's what you really need to do but it'll be on set of the series link catch up on Saturday morning um, Andy and I are off to record a Patreon inspired by um, something that happened last night um, regarding English football and they even couldn't even do that fun so, yeah, no. yeah. so we're going to pick the best goalkeeper from each team that isn't actually a goalkeeper um, so yeah I'm sure that'll be great fun you can sign up for that at patreon.com slash terrace podcast uh, I think that's us I think so yeah. magic right I hope you guys enjoyed it thank you very much Robert cheers thank you very much Andy Bye. thank you very much Graham
Sports Social Podcast Network.